TV Drama Podcast. I'm Scott, and boomeranging back to join me once again, the heat wave to my Captain Cold and the brave to my bold. I was tempted to use the word old in my rhyme there, but I chose not to there, sir. Hey, let's give it up once again for Pat Spoonagle. Hey, Pat. Hey there. <laughs> I'm kind of like the Jay Garrick to your uh, to your Wally West, we'll say. <laughs> I don't think our age discrepancy is that much, but at least you avoided at least you avoided the impulse to go even younger. Oh, look what I right did! On, right on, right on. So this is a I would call it it's kind of a deja vu podcast. Again, we're recording on a Tuesday night, and, and more importantly, we're, we're again talking about a movie that has been the subject of a lot of pre-hype and post-criticism, ranging from its CGI madness to franchise weariness. And both these films feature time travel and changing the past as a key part of the plot mechanics of the respective stories. Of course, this time, it's not Indiana Jones we're going to be zooming in on. It's the Flash. Look at those Flash jokes. I keep making those. I hate myself. <laughs> <laughs> Two listeners will get it. Anyway. So, as we mentioned on our previous podcast, uh, you and I, we, we did that Batman v Superman one several years ago. So I, I've known at least for that period of time that you are, you know, have, have comic book sensibilities. So I'm just going to lay the cards on the table for any of the new listeners or folks who might not have heard any of our previous podcasts. I, as well, I'm an old-school comic book geek. I mean, I stopped collecting a dozen years ago. I actually sold off 99% of my collection a few years later. Bad tax bills. But my love and knowledge of comic books is deeply rooted in the golden, silver, bronze, and even up to a point in the modern age. And for the non-comic book people, that's me saying, like, 60 years-ish or so of comic book history and lore. Um, Pat... I know that you have a certain level of comic book sensibilities as well. My recollection is, and again, I'm going back like seven years or whenever it was we recorded that. Um, you're, I hate to say it, you're more, no, I mean, I hate to say it. I believe <laughs> you. Wow, I'm, I'm already on the wrong foot. It's, it's, I'm about to contradict the point I wanted to make. But you tend to be more of a Marvel guy than a DC guy, or are you kind of even Steven on that one? Uh, so it, it's a fair point. Um, when I was a kid, I was more of a DC guy. So, so Batman and Superman were my heroes and I enjoyed reading Marvel, but as a kid, I liked my story to be like self-contained, you know, and you would buy an issue of Superman and, you know, uh, Terra man would show up and Superman would defeat him, you Terra know, all right. Terra man. I love, Terra. Terra, I love Terra uh, man. The, the cowboy from outer space. Exactly. <laughs> you know, and it's, it, very rarely would there be like, like a big arc going on there might be like a part one or part two. Uh, but as a kid, I enjoyed consuming all that because I'd pick up a Spider-Man comic and, you know, he was the page one. He was getting his ass kicked by the villain from like last time who showed up unexpectedly at the end of the resolution of something. And so I'm like, well, now I gotta go find that comic and read what happened because I don't know why this is going on. And then by the time the episode had ended, he had beaten that dude up, but now Aunt May was being kidnapped by somebody else. And I was like, <laughs> Oh my God, Aunt May is being kidnapped. So, so when I was younger, I, I didn't like the Marvel way of doing things as much, but I still enjoyed Marvel. I was never like a, you know, Marvel sucks DC forever. But when I got older, I, I, I appreciated the storytelling that went into Marvel 
more. And of course, DC nowadays is not really the way it was when it was in the seventies. So, so they, they have a more richer way of telling stories, but so, so I think I still would say that I'm more of a DC fan just because that was my, my original love. But I, but I, but definitely, if you ask me, movie-wise, what do I prefer? Well, I mean, come on. I'm not going to argue that point. You're, you're right. The only, yeah. My only argument on that one, before I shift to my own history, is um, only when it comes down to, if, I, if, I, if I try to reduce the argument to, but like the top three or top five best comic book-related movies, then at least my boys at DC have a few in there. They just happen to be very old compared right. to you know the more recent fare, <laughs> and, and they're definitely they're definitely way ahead on like the animated. Yes. You know, like like years they ago they had like a tremendous run of animated features, and Marvel put out like a bunch of stinker animated ones. I mean, they just did. You yeah, know, and of course, gotcha. you know, and we and we could even look back further to some of the like the live action Captain America movie, like like way back when. So bad. Oh, yeah. oh, very bad. Yeah, Marvel. Marvel didn't get their act together movie wise remotely until you know you, you get to maybe like the Blade and X Men and the sure. initial X Men yeah. movies. Blade. But even yeah. then, they were like selling. They had sold off their properties or, yeah. or the license. Like Spider Man went to Universal and da da. But then you know Kevin Feige and everything starts with Iron Man, and we all know that story. But that's not what this podcast is about. Um, that's right. Now, uh, as I uh, obviously have already said, um, I am more of a DC than a Marvel guy. But again, that does not, and, and it's never meant that I don't like Marvel as well. When I was pulling issues of like Batman or the Just League off the racks, I was also pulling off issues of Spider Man and the Fantastic Four. I love the Fantastic Four. I once traded my collection of Justice League for someone else's collection of Fantastic Four, which when I look back now, I was like, really? I did that? Um, but I did do that. But we were trading comics all the fucking time. We didn't know, you know, milk crates full of them or whatever. We talked just as much about Captain America and Thor as we did about Superman and Green Lantern. That's just the way we were. Um, I think as I got older and I started to scale back my collecting to a certain degree because comics were no longer 35, 40 cents anymore. Sure. When I, when I started to become that person who was hunting down older comics and back issues, when you started to like fill in, when I started wanting to learn about the history of these characters and, and the stories from, you know, the sixties or the seventies before our, uh, even before my time, you know, like I don't remember. I wasn't a two-year-old reading an issue of, of DC <laughs> Comics, you know. Um, I think my taste and preference just tended to drift more towards DC. And I think it's the same situation. It's like m- the characters I love the most, um, superhero-wise, I guess, were Batman, were Superman, were The Flash, were Green Lantern, those guys. And then once I found out about, like, the Justice Society, my mind just exploded, and that be- they became my favorites. So I guess that sort of makes me a DC guy, but it doesn't mean I don't love Marvel as well because I bought any number of comics or trade paperbacks. Not, not trade paperbacks. They used to be these little paperbacks or these little weird books that were like the size of your palm of your hand that had like Spider-Man or Fantastic Four stories in them all the time. It was, it was a crazy world back then, kids. Crazy world. <laughs> <laughs> so... As I just mentioned, um, among all those colorful and cool superheroes from the imagination factories of either of these companies, for me, The Flash was always one of my favorites. Um, I've said it time and time again when, when I get into Flash conversations, um, when it comes down to like ranking his, 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 his rogues gallery, his list of villains, he's in the top three. I think it's Batman. Then you kind of got to put Spider-Man there. Then it's for me. I think it's the Flash. That's what I've always contended, at least. 
In fact, I whenever anyone says the term rogues gallery, I always associate it with the Flash right. first. I, I kind of feel like that, that that was introduced to me as a term more in the Flash than it was, you know, uh, it was used elsewhere, but to me it was always the Flash. Right, for Rogue's Be- because on the, uh, with the Flash, a, a certain a large group of his villains actually referred to themselves that way. They were known as the Flash Rogues, you know, as, and, right. and it was all these great iconic, uh, in my mind, iconic villains. You know, your Captain Cold, Mirror Master, Trickster, all the and and so on and so forth. Every once in a while, people throw in Zoom. It's like, no, Zoom was not one of them. Anyway, got to be a Flash nerd. He's not. He's not a rogue. In the in the in general, there were like natural pair ups, like Captain Cold and Heatwave often would would team up. Right. Uh, but 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 then you would have these like unusual collections of them working together. And in fact, there's my one of my favorite Flash stories was the top knew that he was dying, so he decided he was going to destroy Central City after his death, and at his eulogy, when all the rogues showed up, he had like a pre-recorded announcement that he had planted bombs everywhere, and all the rogues were like, no, Central City is the place where we like rob the banks, we can't let this happen. <laughs> and so they and so they had to like, in a way, compete with the Flash to save the day, because they couldn't work with him, and he was trying to foil them, not knowing that they were trying to save the city. It was amazing. I mean, like, like a wonderful, wonderful issue. Well, you've already almost proven better cred than I have, and I will. I can't believe I'm going to do this. I wasn't planning on it, but it's, you certainly couldn't have known this. So I, I almost hate you right now, Pat. <laughs> Sorry, um, Pat. one of our no, no, no. Well, let me finish. Uh, so one of our one of our more loyal listeners, who I know is going to be listening to this podcast. I mean, I know for a fact because he just saw the movie this weekend. When he asked me should he see Flash or Indiana Jones, and I said. The Flash is going to be gone in, in a day or two. Go see The Flash. You, you're probably not going to like it, but see it anyway. Um, but we had a conversation not that long ago, and for whatever reason, my mind was just blanking on the whole situation with the top and him dying. I had for, either I'll just say I just had forgotten all about it. I'm not. I won't use my life as a distraction. I didn't. And he rem- and he's been holding it over me. Oh no! <laughs> he keeps bringing it up. He changed. He even changed his name in the Facebook Messenger to Roscoe Dillon, which is the alias at the top, just to annoy me. But whatever, it's it's fine, David. See, you look. He got mentioned. I wasn't planning on it. You jerk. Anyway, <laughs> I mean, when it comes to the villains, I mean, the only one that even the only ones that come close. I mean, look, you can make a case for Superman if. You're making Darkseid a Superman villain. I personally don't think of him that way. I know they've had their things, but he's kind of like, you know, he fits everybody. He's 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 a Justice League villain more than he is a Superman villain in my mind. Yeah, know? he's 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 too much of like an existential, universal threat. You know, I mean, right? It, 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 the Justice League is required to deal with Darkseid. I agree. I right. agree. Um, so it, for me, I, I, I just I, I when I round out the top ten, Superman falls to number four, and I actually put Fantastic Four in as the number five. And then everyone else is, eh, you know, look. I'm sorry, X Men and Avengers fans. No, no. <laughs> I mean, I mean, the X Men have Magneto, really. I mean, like, if you say, like, I mean, like, you no, know, sure, there's yeah, tons, absolutely, X Men villains, but 
but they all kind of like work for Magneto. So, yeah, and I'm always and I, I love bringing it up whenever I get a chance. I'm always going to downgrade the X Men because I'll, I'll always fall back on. Oh, you mean the guys that were the ripoff of the Doom Patrol back in the day? Whatever. Even, right down. Yeah. Right down to wait. Brotherhood of Evil. Brotherhood of Evil Mutants. Really, you're not even trying now. You're not even trying. Oh, why don't you bring together the two guys who are both in wheelchairs while you're... Oh, my God. Anyway, back to the Flash. Um, everything we just said, it's probably why I got so frustrated watching the Flash TV show after maybe the first season and a half into that show because there was so much they could have drawn upon for like really fun and great storylines and arcs, and so much was just wasted. And... Ugh. I, I, yeah, yeah I, I felt like they they had to do some unusual tweak on all of the characters that I felt wasn't necessarily needed. Right. You know, like like Mirror Master was not a guy who did techie hologram, you know, things. You know, he would you know enter some mirror space or something like that, and you know, I thought, but Mirror Master was kind of cool as as the guy with his like yeah. weird science thing going on. And and and, and the funny thing is. For a character like Mirror Master, they actually had a couple different Mirror Masters they could have used. Because there's the original guy, the Sam Scudder, then there was a later guy who had a, kind of a Scottish accent going. It's like, sure. okay, eat, I'm cool with either one. And then you went in the direction you guys did. It's like, I, I don't know what you're doing. I'd, I'd rather watch the 1990s show if you're going to do that. At least that was right. fun. You know? it, was it was David Cassidy, right? He was uh, I Mirror believe Master. it was David. Look, yeah. look at you, the David but, Cassidy. But, but, See, I was very, I was very impressed because I was watching the the old Flash show, mm-hmm. and you know, they introduced Mirror Master, and it was all about illusions and holograms. And I thought, well, this is like very clever, yeah. and I mean, like this is a nice take on the character. Right, absolutely. Um, it's funny when we used to uh, podcast about the um, CW DC shows when they were at their, you know, at their peak when when Flash first came on the scene and Arrow was hit was hit headed its stride, whatever. The theme music we used back then, back before I knew about things, before I really cared about things like you know licensing, um, <laughs> was actually the night I, I believe I was using the 1990 Flash TV show theme. Which had the, had the, like the lightning bolt striking and whatever. Mm-hmm. It's the Danny Elfman kind of score. So it's, it's, it's a little reminiscent of Batman, but not, not overly much because it's a bit more hopeful sounding. But they had bells are in that show. Great show. Great show. So, um, but maybe I didn't love the overall depiction of the Flash in these previous DCEU movies. Uh, either all the multiple versions of Justice League or his brief, I don't know, cameos, I guess they call them, that he had in Suicide Squad and the Peacemaker TV show. I, I was still going to be very much on board with a Flash movie because I just wanted a Flash movie. And we've been hearing about a Flash movie for over six years now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> I mean, I, look, I understand. I, I, I'm, I'm enough of a movie buff to know that certain movies sometimes have a long gestation process or there's a lot of things that go wrong and it takes forever. That's what I lean on with my own work where I don't mind that something's taking forever to be made. Like, well, it took this movie 12 years to be made, so maybe I'll be like that. It's probably not going to happen. But this movie, there were so many different writers and directors that were attached to it. And then you combine that with all the general havoc and chaos that's been going on with between the DC, Warner Brothers, and now Discovery things right, been going right. on. Then you toss in COVID. That complicates matters. And then, well, let's let, I'm gonna knock off one of the big elephants in the room so we don't need to bring it up again in the podcast. You have the star of the film, who has a very recent 
but very lengthy and frankly disturbing history of incidents and allegations, that alone would be the biggest iceberg that could hit this Titanic movie here. We're not here to pass judgment on Ezra Miller. All I'm going to say is it did mean a sizable number of people went into this, whether they were, had seen it or not, but they had an agenda and a preconceived motivation to actively dislike this film and essentially spread bad buzz beforehand and help lay the groundwork for its failure. I'm not saying that's why it failed, but you, I feel like it's an undeniably a factor. And believe it or not, I'm, for the most part, I'm inclined to give those people a pass. Sometimes I, it is easier to separate the art from the artist than others. I've been known to do that. You know, Chinatown remains one of my all-time favorite films, regardless of the Polanski situation, so on and so forth. The Miller stuff, it, it's, it's kind of fresh. <laughs> And, yeah. and, and, and real, and some of it's really weird. You know, it's so like, I can't blame people for feeling that way. You know, so that, 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 that's fine. Then you have that other big, loud faction of fandom to deal with. And they're the ones I will never, ever give a pass to. Those are the people who I think are essentially, I use the word, and I love that no one else uses it because I'm like, oh, it's, it's, it's a Scott phrase. I call them acolytes. They're acolytes of one director, one vision, and because of all the turnover and decisions that were made at the corporate level, filtering down the creative, because they can't have their one guy conducting the vision and course of the entire DC cinematic universe, you know, they feel they must scorch and burn down everything and anything that DC slash Warner Brothers does from this point on, or has been doing. They swarm social media. They do review bombs on mm -hmm. aggregate sites. They also yeah. tend to demonstrate a consistent lack of insight or knowledge about these characters beyond what I didn't mention his name. I guess I did that by, on purpose. I'll say it now. This, beyond what Zack Snyder did in his films, they sometimes employ the most outlandish, re, outlandish, excuse me, outlandish revisionist thinking about movies like, like the one we talked about, Batman v Superman. Yeah. They'll, they'll raise that to like unbelievable heights and then they'll mock things like the Christopher Reeve Superman, which I, I'm like, I'm sorry. Yeah, you can't. <laughs> you can't. What's wrong with you? <laughs> I mean, so, I mean, you you can mock Superman three. I'll give you a pass. Oh, on that. oh, the, oh, three. <laughs> Superman three deserves all the mocking it should get, and Superman four is just a sad story. I mean, right, that right. that's the. I mean, I remember sitting in the theater and I knew about five minutes into it, it's like, oh, they they ran out of money because they kept reusing the same bad shot of him flying towards the camera. Over and over. It reminded me like when you watch a cartoon, an old cartoon from like the 60s, Hanna-Barbera or whatever, and they keep using the same backgrounds as they're running past. That's kind of what they were doing in Superman <laughs> Quest for Peace. <laughs> but, you know, but their, but their hearts were in the right place. Sure. But anyway, it's that incredibly loud and quite frankly, I say embarrassing faction of the DC fandom. They had their knives out for this film. They don't get any pass or tolerance from me. Okay. I've said it. I'm now for the rest of the podcast. You no, know, knock on. Is there wood anywhere around here? That's wood, I think. Um, ooh, it sounded good. Um, I'll attempt to steer clear of both those large and somewhat divisive obstacles. I will apologize in advance if I screw up anything like Ezra Miller's pronouns, or more likely if I start to reference, you know, that the Snyderverse cult. Oh, there it is. <laughs> but I'll, I'll try to stick to the movie. Okay, the movie. The movie we're talking about again is The Flash. Pat, you just saw the film a few days ago. Yes. I, now, I saw it a month ago. I, I believe, cross, fingers crossed, I can remember it fairly well. I might lean on you a bit here and there. Um, 
for the folks who might have seen it, but weeks ago, to remind you, it's an, yet another movie touching on the concept of a multiverse. How many is that over the last year or two? Not including the Loki TV series. I mean, is it five, six? I, I forget now. There's definitely a bunch, but in in DC's defense, this is like their initial entry into it. Uh, whereas Marvel, and I'm not bagging on Marvel because I think they've done some kind of fun things with multiverse stuff, with like the Loki TV show and so on. But you know, but they're, they've been they've been exploring that space for the, over the past year, but. DC is, I mean, they're allowed, and and as, as you're going to point out, they were like the first that right. came with you know this. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I, I don't, I don't have an issue with what Marvel's doing. I mean, both companies have a, a, some level of the multiverse, but like, once again, it was kind of DC's ground first. In fact, the 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 kind of fun thing about seeing a movie like The Flash and knowing the multiverse is going to play a part in it for the first time. Those who know their comic books, that's where DC started the multiverse, you know, over 60 years ago with Barry Allen and the Flash. That's where they first they first introduced the concept of it when he eventually meets the the Jay Garrick Flash that you referenced during the introduction, who was the Flash that people knew from the golden age of comics from the 40s. You know, the guy who wore the mercury style helmet <laughs> and they introduced the idea of you know of an earth one earth two the joke was always oh but the new the, the earth we're going to be showing we're going to be following now which really should be earth two we're going to call that earth one and the old guys they're going to be on earth two <laughs> and i always went i think there's been a couple stories over the, i think in more recent well i don't know about the last 10 years because i've been out of the last time but i remember reading something like Someone said, "Wait, why are we why are we Earth too?" And we're, and we're like, oh, that, "That's just the way." It is. <laughs> but I do think, however, getting back to just some of the general sentiment going into this movie that people had, whether they were going to see it or not, you do have again. There is the, mo- the I think a very real issue of superhero fatigue that that's happening. And with Marvel pounding the multiverse gong over and over the last year and a half, you know, with the and that, and that we with all the Spider-Man animated movies and No Way Home and Doctor Strange and all the other ones and Ant Man and God knows what else at this point, there might be some multiverse fatigue at this point for folks. And I would say that maybe everyone already had their share of everything everywhere all at once. Oh look, multiverse! Uh, so <laughs> so it, it's one of those man, DC's never. When it comes to live action films, why is DC never the first ones out there with stuff? It always feels yeah. like they're trailing, and then it looks like oh, they're just trying to to rip uh, to copy off what Marvel's already done. And it's always frustrating when it's something like, yeah, but comic book wise, DC had done that you know twenty years earlier, but they just couldn't get their shit together to put it in a movie. I I do appreciate that the movie did not waste a lot of time. Yes. Talking. I mean, it, there wasn't a whole lot of like Barry going. What you mean? This isn't like this is like some other dimension. How is that even possible? I mean, no. I mean, I mean, sure. You know, with the, we had the spaghetti scene, but but honestly, I thought that flowed rather appropriately love, love that scene, love and it. and smoothly to get everything squared out. And also, it I felt that that was a nice new analogy of having the spaghetti cross at an intersection point, implying that. Things had changed also in the past, which is a new, relatively new concept 
for some of these like multiverse stories. Right, right, right. And, and to be clear um, for, for folks, the, the storyline of this movie is at least somewhat based on, or maybe at this point inspired by, because of how much it differentiates from it. This was actually from a DC Comics crossover event that happened in 2011, which coincidentally is the last calendar year I was collecting comics, or purchasing new comics at least. Because um, I, I went back issue crazy that summer, then I lost my job. Anyway, um... <laughs> <laughs> I'll talk more about that original original story and a very different adaptation later in the podcast. But so I say, as you were pointing out, the basic premise is Barry Allen goes back in time to save his mom. And in doing that, he causes a time quaking shift that, as you just pointed out, it ripples both forward and backward in time. Now, the catch with this movie is that as he's trying to zip back to the present day, he instead gets tripped up by, you know, a mysterious speedster and finds himself in 2013 where he encounters his now alive mom, his unimprisoned dad, and a schmuckier and younger version of himself. And, oh, oh, by the way, it's also the day he originally got his powers via that famous combo of a lightning bolt and a shelf of unknown chemicals. (laughs) So... That's the liftoff point for the story. And then we get to see how very different this version of the DC Universe is from the one that we left at the start of the movie. And it also features a lot of things that, hey, we're more than a little bit familiar with. So I wanted to go back and, you know, again, we're not going to recap the movie beyond that. I think we're going to more talk about just specific parts and scenes like the, the spaghetti scene, which might be one of my three favorite scenes in the entire film, quite frankly. But... I, I, what, the thing I wanted to tackle first, kind of like when you have an Indiana Jones movie, like we talked about last week, you've got you you got to pull out all the stops for like a memorable, great opening sequence. And it felt to me that they wanted to do that with the Flash. They wanted to establish him as this is a Flash movie, but look, we can have other, we can have other things you really like too. There's, there's a there's other there's other ornaments on the tree you you can focus on, and I think. This opening sequence features a, both a lot of things that people were happy and lauded the movie for, as well as at least one big thing that people kind of have ripped the movie for. So I, since you ju- you're like 48, 72, whatever number of hours away from having seen it, <laughs> I wanted to get your take on those that opening 10, 15 minutes or whatever. Probably, it's not, it probably isn't that long, although it does seem to go on kind of long. Um, what was your take on it? And, and yes, feel free to go after those babies. <laughs> <laughs> All right. To- totally fine. Um, I, I enjoyed the the opening craziness of the scene uh, where he's called by Alfred to rush to to uh, Gotham City to help support uh, Batman who is busy chasing after people and, and not able really physically because Batman cannot stop a building collapsing. Right. I mean, it, it just makes sense. It's the kind of things that Batman does not do because what's he going to do? Uh, so they so they set up this you know complicated like wily coyote type of you know <laughs> thing and, you know and, and, I, and I'm fine with all of that I mean like I, if anybody wants to complain about like oh well you know how can he do all these things it doesn't matter you know, one of the things that's fun about the Flash is that he can just do a lot of unusual crazy things and they don't really have to worry about explaining it he's so fast that time seems to stop he's so fast that he can run up walls I mean that's a classic type deal oh yeah. And, and and I actually appreciated that they 
they added in this element that, you know, it would probably suck for him to grab you while he's moving so fast. So he had to very carefully kind of arrange things. And I thought that was kind of like a clever way to show his use of powers. Right. You know, now, now would I have, would I have written a scene where a bunch of babies were put into danger for comedic effect? I don't know, <laughs> but, but, I gave I gave it a pass. I think their heart was in the right place for that. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think that was the scene when when people first start um, getting on the film for the CGI effects, and now that comes up a number of times throughout this movie. Um, but the first thing they go to is the the, the falling baby scene, and the, because I mean, at no point are the babies really all that convincing. Right. Um, <laughs> did it? Did it really? But I was laughing of, about the... Sh- See, I love the sheer ridiculousness of it so much that I didn't care. Yeah, It didn't bother me. I love the idea, like, wait, is he going to put the baby in the microwave? I know it's not plugged in, but just the thought, just the thought just, of it was kind of disturbing. And is that a reference to Indiana Jones? No. <laughs> I, I don't know. I mean, it, it, it felt like that, so. right? It felt like it. No, I, I, I appreciated that there was all this, like, you know... Back, you know, back when we were younger, we would watch cartoons, right? And it, and it would be like Baby's Day Out, where a Baby had like snuck away and was like on a construction site, oh, yeah. you know. And this was like this is terrifying, right? Because a baby about to get like you know crushed or killed or whatever. No, no, it's hilarious. You know, we should all relax. So, so I I felt that this entire situation with all these babies in danger was just like wackadoodle fun for me because I, I I you know again. I don't expect any of the babies to die, but I expect right. that the Flash has to treat it seriously that these babies could die, right, <laughs> and he right, and right. he did, and 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 the level of oh, and, and this is also happening. Oh, and there's a therapy dog that I now need to take care the of. Dog, yeah, that's the other, <laughs> uh, the dog and the crazy tongue. Um, yeah, I, I thought of um, I do remember the the the, the Looney Tunes uh, features you were referring to, and first thing that I thought of when I was watching is like oh. It's basically it's the opening of uh, the Roger Rabbit movie, but on st- on steroids. Yeah. It's not just one baby wandering around, you know. Getting, it's all of them floating there. Now, could they have avoided the the, the what we call the, the the fake baby look, or whatever? But maybe having it just be just just general hospital staff, you know, nurses and surgeons and doctors. I suppose it might not have been quite as silly and funny for folks, but maybe it would have had, maybe they would have went more photorealistic, or maybe it wouldn't have. I don't know. I'll just say it didn't bother me. I, I, I didn't really give it that much thought. I was like, okay, that's fine. I, I, the thing I kind of loved, and you brought it up right from the top, how many times have we watched um, superhero movies over the last 20, or, or TV shows for that matter? Actually, more so TV shows. And we always wonder, hey, why doesn't so and so call someone else they know that could really help? Why am I? Why is Supergirl always dealing with crap in her city? Like she never calls her cousin. She never right. calls anyone to help. Whatever right. you know, look, it's Luther. Where's your cousin? <laughs> I, you know, I don't know if I can deal with you know having my secret identity. It's like, hey, you know who knows something about that? Your cousin. Call him. Uh, anyway, <laughs> yeah. In, in regards to like the CGI babies, I, I think I just. I just relaxed my expectation on that because I'll, I'll flash back to our talk last week when we were seeing young Harrison Ford, you know, you know, young Indiana Jones, and intellectually, well, I know that that right. Harrison Ford is an old man, so so I, I so I, I wasn't going. Oh, 
you know, like, you know, how, how did they do that? Or, nor was I going, oh, I bet CGI was involved and now I'm angry. Right. But, you know, I, so I, so at no point during this part of the movie did I feel they threw babies out of a, out of a window. <laughs> so, so, so already I, I, I'm in on it and it's okay. It's like, like, anyway, so I did not expect it to be photorealistic babies to be, they didn't, they didn't need to convince me that they actually yeah. were endangering children. I mean, and also, and while this is happening, we're also treated to, you know, we've got a Batman chase going on and it's, and it's, and it's Ben Affleck and I'm, to be clear, I don't have an, I don't have a specific issue with Ben Affleck as Batman per se. I have an issue with the movies he's been in and how his, for the most part, his character was written and portrayed. And not that yeah, I, I don't, you know what? I'm, I'm going to be outlandish. I'm not going to. I think we brought it up and maybe back in 2016. I don't even care if you kill people. That, that ain't the, that, oh, that is not the issue. I mean, it's an issue, but it's not the <laughs> issue. You know, the issue is a bad script. The issue is he wouldn't. Right. The issue is he wouldn't make those decisions. Not the Batman I've I've either read sure. or seen in his his whole. Dis- oh, well, we don't want to get into Batman v Superman. It just it made no sense. Anyway, I, I felt that their use of Batman in this movie was was good. You know, probably better than the usual. Batman that I've seen with Bat with Ben Affleck. I will I will take it a step further. I think this is the best I've seen Affleck as Batman in any of the films. You know, maybe it's because he didn't have to shoulder the weight of a film, so he was only going to be there for whatever number of days he shot for. Yeah, but he seemed a bit more relaxed about it. The conversations he has as Bruce Wayne with um with Barry, I think are 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 both reasonably well written. Um, even the even the comical scene that that when he with, with the lasso, even though it's like wow, they're 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 doing the lasso <laughs> gag again from that they did in, in the Joss Whedon version. I'm okay with it. It was cute, especially with the, the sex comment that Barry makes. Yeah, yeah. Which is like, oh, that's nice. Oh, oh by the way, I, I will confess, I knew about almost all the cameos in the movie. The one, one of the only ones I wasn't sure about, or I didn't know for sure. Was Wonder Woman that that? So I, I, admit, I was surprised by it. I was like, "Oh, she the, is in this." Oh shit! I, I was also surprised by that. Nobody nobody spoiled that for me, so I was I was surprised, and and I I appreciated it. Yeah, so, and and also uh, by the way, I also I am going to reference him. You know what? I knew I was going to. I do one of the one of the ironies of this movie is all these detractors who won't even go see it, and they're all against it. But they you know they they worship at the altars of either the Cavill Superman or or the Affleck Batman. And it's like, hey guys. This is the best Affleck's ever been Batman, <laughs> and you're refusing to see it. <laughs> way, way to go, you idiots! Anyway, <laughs> I, 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 I don't want to skip ahead yeah, too far to the, the, the movie, but but similarly, when Michael Keaton is is doing Batman stuff as Batman, you know, fighting Russians and fighting, you know, Kryptonians, you know, that was really good use of Batman. Yes. So, so I. I was just like, oh, this is so good. This, I mean, this is really worthwhile to see. Uh, you know, particularly, I mean, because I, 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 the Tim Burton Batmans are fine. They're fine. But, but I, but I did not necessarily appreciate them as much as I wanted to. But I, but I like, I like Michael Keaton. And I really enjoyed seeing Michael Keaton as Batman in this movie. Um, I had made the decision before, I think I saw, the Flash opening day. Yeah, yeah, I did uh, on that Thursday when it first came out, actually. Um, the day before, I did watch Batman and Batman Returns. And I hadn't seen either one in a while. Um, and and we'll put my Nicholson bias 
aside because because people will sometimes say, "Oh, it's just because Jack Nicholson's in it." It's like I'm, a, I'm a, I am the most creepily crazy Jack Nicholson fan that's ever walked the earth. Um, you know, <laughs> stopped uh-huh. him for, stopped him for an entire night. I have pictures I took of him. You know, was trapped in an elevator with him. Blah 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 blah. Anyway, sure. um, I had I hadn't really watched him in a while, and I was honestly expecting to not not so much cringe during them, but kind of go. Uh, because I remember, I remember even being slightly negative about Batman Returns back in the day. Because I would point out to people, you know, they they Burton basically took the plots of two different Batman TV show episodes from the '60s and <laughs> and mushed them. To, it's like I'm not exaggerating. The two of the two of the main Penguin plots that are used in the movie, the mayor ha- yeah. running for yeah. mayor and 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 framing Batman. The whole time, that's all from the 1960s TV show. It's two different episodes. Anyway, uh, who cares? I watched them again, and I was like, you know, I think I like these movies more now than I did back then. Which I was, I thought it'd be the other way around. I mean, I knew I'd like, you know, I know I appreciate the art direction and the music and blah blah. Keaton is really kind of good in both on both sides of it um and and not, not to mention the other you know, the, the supporting players like Pfeiffer and DeVito mm. and Nicholson of course but you know whatever so it, it kind of put me in a great frame of mind to see him again and I gotta say it, and it's a shame for the people who didn't see the movie who are fans of those movies Keaton knocks it out of the park considering he's a you know, much like Harrison Ford trying to take on a role again, you know, decades later, Crystal Skull, whatever. <laughs> um, I, I had my doubts with Keaton. You know, obviously there's probably stunt work and CGI, but we weren't, it wasn't that noticeable at all. I didn't, in fact, I didn't notice at all. I kept thinking, wow, this, this makes me wish we could have a Keaton Batman movie because he's so good in this. <laughs> you know, every, everything just feels right. You know, the fighting scenes were great. He's like, look, he can actually move his head now. You know? Oh, my gosh. Oh, yes. <laughs> Agreed. He actually has a cowl that can, that can flex. They figured out, you know, special effects. Um, but even the, the story before we, he is Batman, when he's the, you know, the raggedy Bruce Wayne who's just been, you know, loitering around his house doing nothing there's a lot i really like there especially they made a very interesting decision we're so we've seen versions of bruce wayne older we in the comics or animated whatever where or 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 infamously you know the dark knight returns of course where gotham has just gotten worse and worse and whatever and he's almost given up or whatever he's or he's become more you know murderous or or just or whatever that's not where they went. They went the other direction. It's like, hey, did a good job. Took care of everything. Gotham's like Metropolis now. <laughs> or something, I guess. Or something. Like, uh, he can rest on your laurels. You know? Yeah. Yeah. And I, I thought that's, I like that they didn't hit the obvious cliche, which is what I, I honestly thought they were going to do. It was like, oh, he's given up. And what I was like, oh, he's given up because they don't need him anymore. That's, right. I thought that was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so you have the, the the insane little silly fight scene that he has with with you know Barry's one and two. <laughs> oh, by the way, I'll just give him a com- I'll give them a combination now. I, I people kept knocking the special effects with CGI, but no one makes a comment about how amazingly convincing they do the doubling of Ezra Miller. 
I, I thought that was it, it. It was so convincing that I just completely just forgot that it, it was one actor. That 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 clearly it would have to be an actor in a body double, and then they were like doing face swaps or whatever. I mean, it, it didn't matter to me how they were doing it. I, as far as I'm concerned, they they cloned Ezra Miller and had two of them because it it, it was very convincing. Yeah. So so I think I think they get credit for that. I, I, that's exactly. I, th- there, not that I would be specifically looking for, you know, it's kind of like, I'm looking for the strings kind of an idea back in the day, whatever, you know, <laughs> yeah. you know, it's like, oh, look, why don't watch the Star Wars movies? Oh, you can see all the cutouts or the TIE fighters. Well, why didn't they digitally remove that? Because um, they couldn't do that back then. Um, but here I was like, same, exactly same. It got to one like, I, I just took it for granted. It's like, they've done this really well. So that, you know, so, so there were some things they did really well, special effect wise people. Um, and then just a the special effect of convincing me that Michael Keaton can be Batman again is a pretty amazing special effect on itself. <laughs> I mean, this is one of those things that even though certain things were spoiled in trailers, you still, when, when you're sitting in the theater, and all of a sudden, it, 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 you see him in the cowl again for the first time. And I believe he does it. And he does it just the way you want to do Like, yeah, I'm Batman. There he goes. <laughs> like, okay, you know what? That's the price of admission. That's the, whatever, especially for the matinee, you only spend eight bucks. But <laughs> that made it really worth it. Oh, man. It, I mean, and I, it's funny how some, that's one of the odder criticisms of the movie, which I, I don't. It's one of those. Why do you care? Is oh, it's a it's supposed to be a flash movie, but you're using. But it's more about Batman or using Batman with Carter. It's like, um, here, there's a question. Who cares? It, 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 there's a lot of flash going on, and 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 like we had discussed previously with Indiana Jones, you know, you you want your main character to have somebody to talk to, and if you can have. It's kind of like there's that thing, that's the statement of like, look, you can be anything you want to be unless you can be Batman. Be Batman, you know? Right. So so if, if you can have anybody in your movie, why not have Batman in your movie? Because, you know, he's great. You know, it's great. Anyway, so having him there as somebody to talk to who is not the dumber, younger version of yourself is is a good use of, of a character for, for lots of reasons. Right. Abs- absolutely. I mean – is it also a bit of a lure to get people to want? Yeah. So again, who cares? Um, I, I don't understand. Now we, we, we start to introduce all these other characters or plot elements and one can decide, do they function more as characters or plot elements? One is one, one is the other. Like when we realize, Oh, this is when general Zod is attacking and Oh, but there's no Superman now. So, and you know, so they think they're going to go try to track down Superman and it turns out it's not Superman. It's going to be Supergirl. Um, I'm okay with all that. I actually did. I actually liked the actress playing Supergirl. I thought she did a, a better than expected job with a part that, you know, you're probably going to get flack for because, well, a lot she, of it, she, it, she, it, she, she's there to be killed over and over, and you know, and and so on. But but I th- I, I like the actress, and I like I like the, the look. You yeah. know, the suit looked good. I, I mean, I, yeah. I, I would I would watch a Supergirl movie. Yeah. I, I I would be happy to see her in a in a movie. I I'd probably want you to pop in a couple other characters along with her. But yes, I, it, even, if she's <laughs> kind of like this movie. But if she's the main character, I'm fine with it. Whatever. But you know. Uh, yeah, I'm, and I'm kind of zooming through the movie a little bit here. Um, and, but we can backtrack for anything. We, sure. We, we got it. Cause I'm, 
when you when you start getting to you know late second act into the third act, and that's where you just referenced you know the battle where you know we just keep killing off Batman and Supergirl over and over, and in true screwed up fa- Barry fashion, he keeps trying to go back and change it, and every time they still die. Uh, I I didn't have a problem with it. It, but it, it's just, but this is where I think it starts to maybe mo- the people who who are very negative about the movie. This is where it really starts to hit for them, because it's it's everything from the multiversal effects around Barry when he's doing the whole going through the chronal dome thing, and then what the rebel, and, and then you get to the cameos and some certain revelations. Now, I want to let you go first because I, I have I have opinions about because this is where they're really zeroing in on the CGI stuff. It's not really about the effect of him running around. That's how else do you depict that? It's fine. I've no. I don't think anyone. I don't think that should be the issue. Yeah. The thing that they kept going after was what we see and who we see and how we see it um, when he's going through the speed force and everything. What was your take on that? All right. So uh, I'm of two minds. The. It, clearly, you're you're in like a big CGI world at that point with these kind of like you know the uncanniest of valleys going on with the characters, uh, and and I'm debating with myself of like, well, was that intentional? Because they wanted to say, well, we're in this like alternate reality, and so it should be weird, you know, and it, it you know, but is it just like a like a cop out? I don't know. See, the thing is that there are things that work really well in the comics that don't really work well. When we see it in, in, in real, action. Uh, yeah. yeah, I was about to say in real world, but you know what I mean. Yeah, I know like, so. like, like for example, early on, he he does his the running, and he goes back in time to when all the babies were falling, and then he there's a scene where he like he puts his like head through the chrono dome, yes, so so he can view it, and so it's his face. And there's all this like gold shimmering effect going on, and it looks just to me, it looked ridiculous. Yeah, and yet I could very. I, I could visualize the artistic conception of that in a comic book so clearly that that I could not really knock it down. So so I have to kind of expend that out for the entire Chronodome. Now now some of the some of my problem with with uh, that the face sticking out to the golden halo is that Ezra Miller has like a weird face. He's got like big bug eyes. He just does, and. I'm not a super fan of like the helmet that they they gave him. This is like very like nitpicky, but it makes him like look even super buggy eyed when he has that helmet on and his eyeballs are like you know, sticking out through the slots. Right, right. So 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 already it's just like oh this is so weird. But but again the whole effect I could visualize it in a comic and it would and it, it would be okay. So right. I have to kind of I have to kind of like extend that out over to the rest of what was going on. Now, now I'll, I'll let you bring up the cameos, because I, I had less of a problem than maybe other people did right, with, right. with what they did. Well, well, to, to go along with what you said, I, I, I generally agree with that. Um, I didn't. I probably don't mind the headgear as much, because it looked at least it looked more flash-like to me than it had yeah. before. The, the um, suit does look better now. Oh, yeah. And I, I, have, oh, I have something to say about that later, trust me. Oh, oh, actually, <laughs> it might be coming up soon. Um... What I thought, I thought I had a, a similar thought, you know, like, okay, what, with the, like, say the head popping out thing. Um, I, th- I was like, okay, if I'm seeing this in a panel of a comic, I'm not giving it a second thought. If I'm seeing it in an animated version, 
I'm not giving it a second thought. Sure. But li- right. it's, it's like you were saying, but some things when you try to translate it to strict, strictly live action, don't, don't translate as well. It's, it, it's the same with like superhero outfits over the years. Some, some don't look as good or, re- or look ridiculous in live action compared to how they would look, you know, on a printed page or on, or on, you know, an animated cell. Um, you know, I, 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 what I kind of wish they could have, I mean, I don't know how much more money it would have cost. They could have sort of made it, what, what do they call that style of animation where it's basically done in live action and then they kind of draw over it? What, what am it's, I thinking? It's rotoscoping. Rotoscoping. I wish they just rotoscoped the entire damn movie. <laughs> 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 and just give us that, you know, it would have been amazing. Wow. Um, yeah. then, then all those issues go away. And then we get back to, hey, DC's better at animated stuff. Okay, so the cameos. Um, okay, I, I knew about most, if not all of them, at this at this point. I, I couldn't get away from the news, and unfortunately, I've been on Twitter too much in the last few months. Um, maybe the only ones I didn't know about were a couple of voices we hear. <laughs> you know, you know, multiple jokers. Um, okay, look. The technology, this is going to sound vaguely reminiscent of what we said during the Indiana Jones conversation. The technology is what it is. I don't know, for example, the one that people were really zeroing in on, and in a really weird way for a while, because they were acting like, you know, someone had committed, you know, the, you know, an atrocity by daring to do a version of Christopher Reeve showing up because, you know, you know, how could you do this? Cause he's passed away. It's like that, that, wait. Do you think that's a problem because the actor passed away? Um, number one, his estate, his family would have to be okay with this in the first. Of all. They, they, they'd have to get their approval. They can't, they don't have the rights to Christopher Reeve's image. So if his, if his widow is okay with it, then you should shut up. That's number one. Number two, did you, you, so you were okay with watching Rogue One and having the dead Peter Cushing be a character throughout that movie as Grand Moff Tarkin, not to mention stuff with Leia later on, but, but this you have a problem with. I'm going to call bullshit on you for that one, too. Have we gotten to the point where CGI um, can be fo- so photorealistic that we would have thought, oh, my God, is Christopher Reeve there? Even though, obviously, it couldn't be. I, I don't know if we have, or maybe you have to spend another $100 million on to-, to make it that way. I know hundreds of artists worked on all this, so I- and I don't want to take away from their skills. I thought in the context of what they did, it worked. See, I, I wasn't even sure if this just wasn't some kind of like footage that they just adapted for the movie. Like, you know, I, I don't necessarily know if they created a a CGI 3D model of Christopher Reeve and had him it had this model do something that had never been captured on film before as part of a Superman property. Because I assume they just took a shot of Superman and then composed it with a shot of Helen Slater as Supergirl just to make it work. I I, I don't know how much like CGI was involved. See, my my impression is it was CGI. It might I mean it might have been overdone done over footage so that it would maintain the same look as everything else was going to have. That's that's a, kind of like a CGI version of rotoscoping, perhaps. Sure, um, that might be what they did. But I'm very I'm very, I'm I'm like I don't, I'll make up some high percentage. Ninety nine percent sure that's where they went with it. <laughs> You know, and of course, then you said, I was, look, I was, I was excited to see the George Reeves Superman in this because I, I wasn't sure. I suspected, but I wasn't sure about it. And I was like, in fact, if you listen, this is a movie I will definitely buy on whatever 
hard media comes up blu-ray i guess whatever because those are the scenes i kind of want to watch and listen to really closely because there's a lot of audio stuff that you might have missed in the theater like i had like i i until i saw i recently just saw a clip of it i heard the the cesar romero joker i didn't realize the jack nicholson joker was in there too and then i i watched a clip of someone went, oh, on twitter of course uh and i was like oh shit yeah, there's Nicholson in there. Now, <laughs> is it is it kind of weird that it's a Flash movie, but all, all the multiverse things he's seeing are all different versions of Batman and Superman? Well, <laughs> it, it was, you know, I I expected more Flash. I I think I I, I might have, but I I I just didn't mind. I mean, uh, I, I just didn't mind. It didn't it didn't bother me except for one thing, and I. I, I gotta. I, I'm gonna get this out of the way now. It, do it. it, do it's it. One of my criticisms of the movie, um, and it's funny because of what I said about it, the show earlier in this podcast. I don't care what I said then. How do you make this movie? How do you do a movie, a DC multiverse movie? How do you not at least here somewhere, if not in another part of this movie, not tied into the whole Arrowverse Grant Gustin Flash? Yeah. Yeah. That to me yeah. felt like the one of the biggest whiffs of the movie, regardless of how I feel about the Flash TV show at this point. For it not to play any part in this movie felt like a huge mistake to me. Um, I was probably going to say this later, but I'll say it now. Especially and particularly because when the Flash TV show did their own Crisis on Infinite Earths crossover, Ezra Miller shows up. Ezra Miller's character up until that point. Did not have a superhero code name. He gets, he meaning Barry, <laughs> Barry gets the code name The Flash from the Grant Gustin character. He says, oh, I'm the Flash. It's like, The Flash? Ooh, I like that. He also gets inspired about his uniform. He's looking at his uniform. Because like, oh, he's wearing that stupid armor plate thing. So basically, the Grant Gustin Flash inspires his name and him to get a sleeker outfit. And yet you don't even mention him or do anything connected to him in this entire movie. What are you doing? And and I would have much rather have seen Grant Gustin's Flash in the background as opposed to the Nicolas Cage Superman, which, you know, I'm not saying I hated seeing the Nicolas Cage Superman, but I had never wanted to see the Nicolas Cage Superman. <laughs> I had never wanted to. Back when Tim Burton was going to make a Superman movie, everything that I had read about, about what was going on and he wanted Nicolas Cage, I thought, I have I have no interest in seeing this ever. And then I, I got sucked into it. I was like, you know what? Okay, I enjoyed watching him fight the giant spider. But but uh, uh how dare you? It, it 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 what was weird about it? I mean, I enjoyed it. I was cracking up at it. Yeah. And I yeah. part of me kept thinking, this is a really elaborate, and I guess it had to cost him some money to do it. Inside joke here that exactly. only people, the people who are going to get this are people who follow Kevin Smith very closely because he's talked about this a million times. Sure, the giant spider in particular, right? Yeah. The giant spider, or, or or just like the super uber geeks at you know our level and beyond who remember, oh, this Tim Burton was going to do a Superman movie with Nicolas Cage and it was something with a spider because whenever you can't come up with an end to a story, have him fight <laughs> a giant spider. Ask Stephen King and it. Anyway, uh, <laughs> so. so I, 
I didn't mind the cage thing. I thought it was kind of funny, although that was one of the CGI things that looked a little odd to me. I kept yeah, thinking, yeah. Oh, that, 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 he's alive. This is one of the ones he should have been able to pull off more easily than all the dead guys. Because all the it, other <laughs> it just kind of had like a video game. Okay, it was better than a video game cutscene, but it had that kind of vibe going on. Right, right, right. So you had all that, and then you, you know, now the. To come to come back to commending the movie is I, I do say the story had um, a real emotional resonance to it more so than I probably would have expected because I mean I knew again Flash gotta go save his mom whatever but maybe because I've grown so weary of it with the stupid TV show sure. <laughs> I went into this thinking oh, oh great who cares um, but I I thought Ezra Miller does does a fine job especially when when Barry returns to that supermarket with the, the, the can that, of to- tomato sauce or tomato, it, it, that, that's tomatoes, the, that that is it. That that's that is for me like the emotional core yeah. of the movie where I felt the most. And I, I thought Ezra Miller did a great job. And I thought, you know, the scene with Barry and his mom was so well done. Yeah, and I was just like, it's killing me. It's <laughs> just killing me. And you know, and I, I, I would say I was genuinely surprised by that because I thought I was going. It took me, it took me a minute, and I don't, I did not write down her name, but I do know the actress. I think she's in one of those Am- Amovdar movies. I think was it all about my mother. I think she's in one of those. I, I recognized her. It's like, oh, that's that's a quality actress. Okay, it's not some, you know, maybe because I'm so, again that stupid Flash TV show. I was like, oh, who who, who else did they get from you know? <laughs> Canadia, Canadia, Canada extras, you know. Oh, hey, you look good. You can be his mom. No, whatever. I just insulted that actress. She's probably done fine work. Um, so we then we let, let's just get to the. <laughs> I love the weird reactions this this gets. The ending of the movie. How did you feel about the ending of the movie? And I don't mean the post credit scene because I'm pretty sure we have the same opinion on that one. <laughs> Wait, there was a post-credit scene. <laughs> oh, you left before the post-credit scene. I must have. I think. I think I. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah okay. I, 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 mu- I must have had some sense that there was not a post-credit scene. Oh, there is. So, damn it. Okay. Well, no, no I, I want you to describe me in great detail by the post-credit scene. But the the end of the movie that you're talking about is um, is George Clooney's Batman showing yes. up. Yes. Uh, and you know, I, I already, you know, we we knew that he had actually. He had gone back to save his mother, and that caused all these problems. And he could not resist in changing the, the the probable future because what he did was he because the footage had been bad up until now. Uh, he was not really changing the past by going back and providing an alibi that would end up clearing his father a day in the future. So I, so I was okay with all that going on, but, but again, by the rules of the movie, changing anything is going to have like some backwards ripple unexpectedly. So, 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 so I, I, you know, he, you know, he didn't learn his lesson, (laughs) but I still enjoyed all that happening. I I didn't mind. mind. Before I go any further, I'm going to lean on you because you just saw it. And uh-huh. my memory is not what it used to be, even though it's only a month. So when he returns after he's made the correction with the the, the tomatoes, the can, yeah, the crushed the can of crushed tomatoes, whatever it is. Um, and then do we go from there to the courtroom scene? 
Pretty, yeah, pretty much. All right. So I just want to be clear that I am right. And then, okay. So all of Aff, all of Ben Affleck's stuff is all in the first part of the movie. He doesn't show up again at the end at all then. Correct? That's right. Okay. That's I just right. want to be sure because I, I remember I was trying to remember, like, wait, doesn't he run into him again? And then I got, I got, why would there be two bru- Okay. Okay. That's, that makes more sense. Good. See my memory? You know, not good. Yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> the thing, because people are all, not people, some people, dumb people, uh, I'm so mean, um, are a bit up in arms about the Clooney thing. Um, one reason I sort of get, the other reason, no. The reason I sort of get a little bit is, you know, Word got out that they had actually filmed or were going to film there was like multiple versions of this ending, and this is the one that the pow- the new powers that be kind of settled on and wanted to go with. Um, it was there was talk of you know, and maybe because the other people were going to be you know returning per, uh, characters and and actors from the other the previous DCEU films, you know, either be you know, the Cavill and, and Godot mm-hmm. and whoever, mm-hmm. blah 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 blah. They went with the Clooney thing. My feeling is it's a joke. It's a joke, yeah. people. You're yeah. you're taking it too seriously because they're all going, just make it so no Clooney's. It's like they knew. Let me, let me make it really clear. They knew at the when they went to the trouble of getting Clooney to do this, which wasn't that long ago, they knew this is it. This isn't we're, we're yeah, this this isn't a restart. It was originally supposed <laughs> to be a restart. No. This is this is a stop. So yeah. however they end this movie doesn't really matter because it's not going to have anything to do with future with the future of the DC uni- uh, cinematic universe whatever they call it now god you know so why not go big go for the most ridiculous thing of all which is George Clooney showing up <laughs> I couldn't stop laughing at that as I like, I was like I couldn't that's that's the best ending I could have given this movie. You know, the only thing that would have been better is if Adam West had still been alive. So an elderly <laughs> Adam West shows up. That's the only thing. Of course, they used him in the in the time verse. The yeah, kids. yeah. But I love it. Um, as far as the post credit scene, um, it's 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 a waste of time to sit through and wait for. So you didn't okay. miss anything. Okay. Um, it's basically it's uh, Barry Allen and he's with. Uh, Jason Momoa's uh, Aquaman, Arthur, uh-huh. who's uh-huh. incredibly drunk, and he's tr- he's sort of trying to explain everything that's happened, and Aquaman's just stumbling around in the street like a like a moron and falling on his face in a puddle or something, and it's never really clear what the point of this is because it's like, wait, is this your? If this was your way to kind of tease the next Aquaman movie, it really didn't feel like that, even though there is another Aquaman movie coming apparently. Yeah. So I was like, what was it the point of that it wasn't really funny and it kind of just made me confused like i i would have rather just show me a trailer for the next aquaman movie if you're gonna do that i i didn't i didn't understand it at all everyone i've spoken to who has seen the movie i haven't heard one person who liked the scene they're like eh. <laughs> I, if i'd known that was it i wouldn't have bothered waiting so you made you you unintentionally made a <laughs> made a fine decision you know plus when you end with the Clooney thing that you know what we don't need a post-credit thing that's a great ending. Unless you have James Gunn walk out and say, okay, I hope you enjoyed that. And he, now we're going to spend the next like five minutes unveiling what the DC universe is going to look like for the next 10 years. And, you know, start t- tell us about Swamp Thing and Creature sure. Commandos and Superman Legacy. And by the way, I'm really enjoying the casting of Superman Legacy so far. And, um, yeah, a cu- couple, couple of them, like, Metamorpho, are you kidding me? And, uh, and they got the, the right guy. 
the right guy to be uh, Metamorpho. Oh, oh, uh, Anthony. Uh, Anthony, no, it's like Anthony yeah. Harrigan or Anthony Kerrigan, one of those one of those two names. But uh, but he, but I love him. I loved him on Barry, but I I, I love him in, in anything. So so I, I, I can't I, I can't wait to see him I, as I, Metamorpho. Yeah, for and I don't look. Some people were like, oh, because some of the casting were people that were maybe more TV based or weren't as well known. It's like, okay, but how 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 much did you really care when they cast Chris Evans as Captain America back in the day, or Hemsworth for that matter? You know, it's yeah, you know, yeah. you don't go out, you don't necessarily go out and get the big star to be your, your person. Christopher Reeve wasn't anybody when you cast him either. Um, I love that. I, I love the the blowback about Nathan Fillion. He's going to be the the guy Gardner Green Lantern as opposed to Hal Jordan. When Gunn said, "But I'm gonna make him with wear the the uh, the haircut," the hair, as like, a haircut, I'm there just to see Nathan Fillion in a ridiculous hairstyle. And if they and if they dye it red, it makes it so much even better. No, no. When I heard that he was going to be Guy Gardner, I thought, "Well, that's perfect." Yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I thought it was perfect. I, I, anybody who's angry about that is, is just being silly it's because silly. it's perfect. Right. Perfect. And, and and I adore the. Ca- I mean, I the actor who got cast for Superman, I. I, I kid you not, I had just watched the movie Pearl two weeks earlier, and as I was watching that guy, I was like, oh, he looks very superhero-ish. And then as I saw he was in the running for Superman, I was like, that was the guy I was going, like, I hope it's him. I think, you, know, he, you, know, you can get built up. Plus, Superman doesn't have to be a ridiculous bodybuilder look anyway. That's not yeah. the, the sun doesn't make your muscles grow to giant proportions. That have, have, I hate when people say, oh, he's not bulked up enough. Like, well, it doesn't have to be, but whatever. And Rachel yeah. Brajnahan, I probably mispronounced it, but Ms. Maisel as Lois, I... I couldn't have asked for a better. Oh, fantastic! I mean, it's so good. Yeah. So back to the Flash. So uh, there's something I I wanted to talk about, and I'll I'll bring it up now. Um, I did not have time to go to go see the movie again, uh, as I would have preferred before this podcast. But I did make the decision to rewatch something else, which is kind of connected, and you can find it on Max, what used to be HBO Max. It's Called uh, Just League, the the Flashpoint Paradox. It's uh, one of the many DC animated films that you can find there, and for the most part, they typically do at least a good, if not great, job with their animated films. Some are better than others. Some are really spectacular. This is actually one of the very good ones, uh, mainly it because it actually follows the original storyline from the comics a lot more closely than you would have expected. I mean, there are differences, but I would say it's at least 90% faithful. Um, so, again, it's the same kind of story that Barry goes back in time to save his mom, and when he comes back, you know, he's he's basically screwed up the universe. But what they do in the... Um, in the original Flashpoint Paradox, and again, this is from also from the comics, uh, you know, the Batman he encounters, it's actually Thomas Wayne, because because in that alley back in the day, it was Bruce, young Bruce Wayne that died, which also mm-hmm. drove his mom, Martha, insane, and she became the Joker. Or she watched Batman v Superman, and the whole Martha thing made her insane. That being right. <laughs> um, it actually is Superman, or Cal L, who comes to Earth and has been kept locked up by the government since he was an infant. 
And the big thing overall is there's actually a war raging across the planet between the Amazons and the Atlanteans. And I don't mean people from Atlanta, I mean people from Atlantis. (laughs) Because Wonder Woman and Aquaman, who apparently had a fling, you know, Mira got jealous, you know, Aquaman's lady, and Wonder Woman kills her. And from that point on, it's war, and they're helping destroying the world while they're at it. And that's what they're trying to stop. So when Barry tries to track down that version of Batman, he also has to get his powers back. And with the help of Cyborg, who apparently now works for the government, they're trying to track down, you know, Superman, who's a thin shell of himself because he hasn't had any human contact since he was a a baby. Meanwhile, the Flash's main arch nemesis, kind of like the Joker to his Batman, so to speak, is the reverse Flash. And he's been kind of, you know, puppeteering a lot of, seemingly puppeteering a lot of this and, you know, leaving clues to leave. Eventually they encounter each other during a big battle scene. And you, then you find out that, Oh yeah, Barry, I didn't do any of this. You did this when you went back and saved your mom. You know, never mind the fact he's the one who actually killed her mom. But, but in the animated version, they don't have it zoom killing his mom. But I think in the comic books, they, they did. And kind of like the same thing they did on the, on the TV series, whatever. Sure. So anyway, I, the reason why I went through all those things, I didn't, I did actually did a semi recap. Oh, and, and then Barry changed it. Everything, everything's fine. Um, and they, and you know, and, <laughs> you know, everybody, pretty much everybody, pretty much every major character gets killed throughout the whole story. Um, but at the end of the day, everything's okay. And he gives Batman a letter from his dad, which even in the animated version, I gotta say, got, it kind of got you. me. It, it gets got you. Me. Yeah. And, and they did have Kevin Conroy doing the voice of Batman in, in the uh, present, which uh, I was, I love that he was still able to do it at that point. Here's the question, and I, I I hate that this question's in my head because for them to do this, it then it then it's, it feels like you're also appeasing that faction that I despise. But would this have actually been a far better film if they had kind of followed that to some extent that template? I mean, yes, the only way they could have done that if the Snyder verse was still intact. But they actually, what, what the shame of it is, they had all the pieces in place. You've had you you had an established Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Cyborg. You even had someone as Thomas Wayne. You bring back Jeffrey Dean Morgan to be Thomas Wayne, and I I kept thinking, well, I kind of would like to see that. Whatever. I mean, yeah. The, obviously, oh, then you lose the Michael Keaton factor, which is probably the best thing about the movie. But I kept thinking, oh. I Kind of would have liked to have seen that. It it, it 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 kind of bothers me a little bit that we never got that kind of an adaptation. So this, much like what they did on the TV show, it's Flashpoint. The well, they didn't call the movie Flashpoint, so I, I I'll give them credit for that. So they didn't do that, but it's supposed to obviously be Flashpoint. And to me, it's like it's Flashpoint name only, but it doesn't. It kind of just does its own thing. I, I I just maybe it's just this story. I think is a better overall epic story than what we got in the Flash movie. If that makes any sense, I I, uh, I respect your opinion. Uh, I have while you've been talking, I have gone back in time, and I had and I convinced the studios to make that movie, and I watched it, and <laughs> and Zack Snyder made it weird, oh, yeah. and, and and Superman was evil in it, and uh, and the Joker showed up, and the Joker was like very important, but all he talked about was like reach arounds on Batman, and so so, tr- <laughs> so, tr- so trust you, trust me, that it, it worked out better that that the movie was not made. Okay, all right. Well, I, I appreciate that you have your own little <laughs> chronal dome over there, <laughs> like, like my head over here. Um, okay, I, I, you know what? It, it's I, I'll, I'll just reduce it to one thing. 
I would have been more interested in a war between Aquaman and Wonder Woman than going back to the whole General Zod thing. That just I, that that would have been what I think was more interesting. The fact that Michael Shannon felt strangely compelled to make all these really needless and bizarre comments the week the Flash was opening, where he's basically knocking it, I was like, "Dude, what are you yeah. doing? Why, yeah, why did, would you do that?" I didn't. Yeah, very strange. And uh, I mean, he he's kind of a strange character in in real life, anyway. Yeah, but I, um, I, I was happy to see. Uh, I think that. The Snyder Kryptonians were were was a good plus in Man of Steel. I thought I thought I really liked how they yeah. they looked. Um, the thing that I perhaps felt was kind of like unusual in this movie is that you know the army has shown up with a bunch of tanks and the Kryptonians are there and then Zod is like, well, I'm angry and I'll just start killing you all. Well, is there any reason why that battle was not over in ten seconds? I mean, no. Uh, there's no right. there's right. no reason why that 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 there's no reason why. Uh, you know, non doesn't kill everybody within ten seconds. I mean, come no. on, you know. So <laughs> I mean, so 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 there's a certain amount of like, well, okay, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll buy all that. I I I appreciated that it was going to be like a no win situation. You know, when they you know that set up for for them going back in time or for young Barry to go back in time and and to become continuously like you know uh, you know messed up you know until he finally becomes old man right. evil flash but right. uh but but you know but it, it, all, it all kind of worked it worked better than perhaps it could have worked but but uh, uh but but i just felt yeah, I, yeah again, I, I, it, it was hard for me to take a lot of what was going on i'm 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 generally positive about the movie anyway and you know and, and again m- most of the folks I know who are also, or you know, to whatever extent, comic book fans, or, or at least a bit geeky, who have seen it, at the very least, like the movie. You know, they have they might have issues here and there. It's um, it's certainly not a perfect movie by any stretch of the imagination, in, in many ways, but um, they still like it. Um, the what, everything you just cited, I I can't help but agree with. <laughs> and it's just, you know what, again, it, it, it reminds me of what I said about the TV show. It's like how I, I've gotten, I grew more, you know, year after year, I grew more and more frustrated. And I you know I stuck with it till the end because it's the flash. I'm going to stick with it till the end. I just won't talk about it. I mean, sure. I, you know, I'm borderline hate watching it at a certain point, but um, it's, you know, it's, it's wasted opportunities and there's so much to draw on. And with this, look, I've spoken to people who didn't pick up on, who the, the, the quote unquote big bad is going to be by the end. I pretty much, I mean, I'm not one who figures out things early. I will never be that guy, but uh, I was that guy with this movie. I was like, Oh, it's him. Oh, it's like, yeah, I know where they're going with this. I know what it is. And it kind of annoyed me a little bit because I go, Oh no, but if you did a different version of this, you could have given, you could have given me the reverse flash. It would have been fucking great. Nope, no, we're going to get this. And you know, he's got little pieces of shards and crap stuck in him. He's like, what, what? He's like the doomsday version of the flash or something. I don't know what's going on with it. <laughs> I, I, I do, I do know that when, when you figure out what's happening before it's revealed, you, you get angry. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I, I do know that's true. It, it's a fine line for them to surprise you in a pleasant way, um, you know, in a way you're like, oh, this this really is a satisfying story, and I did not see the the ending coming. I know that that's 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 like your dream, but right. that that hardly oh, happens. Oh, yeah. and and to be clear, just let's correct me if I'm wrong. So by the <laughs> end, so by the end of this movie, based on everything that's happened, so that Michael Keaton Batman, he dead. 
<laughs> he, he, yeah, in that timeline, he is dead. He's dead. He's and, dead. And, and, and hold on a second. When everything's going down in the Speed Force, Chrome Dome, whatever the heck you want to call it, the, the, insanity, whatever, aren't those different realities and parallel universe, whatever you want to call it, aren't they all like smashing into each other and exploding? Did they just blow up like the Christopher Reeves Superman? <laughs> universe and all the others because it, it kind of I, it's like is that what they just did uh, you know the, the there was this feeling this implication that that was going on so i'm going to pretend that when uh the evil version of the flash dissipated everything got reset into uh, a nice okay. way so i i i'll 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 pull the card of like oh no no everything was magically handled you know through uh uh, through Barry going back and oh, yeah. fixing things, but but, but but I do believe that in that particular universe with Michael Keaton, he did end up fighting Zod and dying. Because yes. I because all they do is make me want to have another Michael Keaton movie. So now they they ruined. That, I so. I know I know. And you know I mean it's like so wait a minute you, we just went through all this and all of a sudden you went Crisis on Infinite Earth and you're like oh we're just gonna destroy all the other <laughs> but we're not gonna merge them all into one place because oh no yes we are it's Clooney what the hell look <laughs> look, look at, at the end at the at, oh, I'm gonna say it now at the end of the day um, the movie it was fun yeah it had I, I I hate to use a corny phrase like this but I'll say it anyway it had heart which I, I more so than I expected you know as we said I did get sad about his mom. Um, Ezra Miller with the double or I guess triple role. Um, did, <laughs> yeah, 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 did a good job. Keaton was great, you know. Or, again, I personally think a, a, a different kind of adaptation of Flashpoint might have been a better would have given me a better story. But I knew that I know I knew they weren't doing that for years, so I wasn't I wasn't like disappointed. It's just watching it again. And going through the original comic book stories again, which I was like, oh, no, that could have kind of, I mean, it would have been kind of funny to watch like Gail Godot and, and Jason Momoa like trying to beat the crap out of each other. Of course, yes, if it was Zack Snyder, then it would have been, oh, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I, I know exactly what you're the color, the color scheme alone would have been annoying. <laughs> so, so my, I guess my problem uh, from a meta point of view is like the, the need for them to like hit some kind of like 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 flashpoint is one where you know the flash has been around for a million years and then they and then they they have you know and then they build up this like very big epic story to it you know and so so yeah we've seen like a little bit of the flash in justice league yeah but that's it i mean that's it and so so one of the things that annoyed me with with like zach snyder is that he he made um you know an an older batman who is like you know embittered and and so on because he because he had to engineer the batman v superman thing and then and then he and he's just he's like so desperate he's desperate to have an evil superman story you know and you're like you know what there has been decades and decades and decades and decades of superman being awesome occasionally you know he's he's bad Let's have a little bit of the good Superman, you know, and then, you know, and then commit to, to it being him being a cool guy that you want to see. And then, sure, at some point you can have like a, an evil Superman. Yeah. Why not? Sure, why not? But don't don't go Homelander immediately. I mean, don't hop right into it. <laughs> and so so I kind of felt that way when they said we're going to do Flash. It's going to be Flashpoint. I said, 
can't we do Barry Allen trying to have a date with 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 Iris, but Turtle Man is doing something, you know, <laughs> you know, and uh, I I I I just kind of wanted to have like like give us like a, some fun flash, even though we've had the Flash TV show, right? I would like to see some fun Flash movies before we do something like way heavy, and I will be glad. I, I am pretty happy that this movie had like a lot of humor going on right you know throughout because otherwise it could have been like oh. like way Wait, heavy way heavy no the humor is actually one of its uh, strongest uh, selling points i thought uh, by the way it's the turtle not turtle man um, <laughs> <laughs> oh it's the turtle i'm sorry not not turtle man sorry <laughs> flat Flash fan. Anyway. <laughs> although, although one of the sketch cards I didn't buy. Anyway. Um, yeah. I, I, you know, it, the, 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 the unfortunate thing with this movie is really, it's really to me, it's, it, it just, it's part of the unfortunate thing with the, with the DC movie output f- pretty much from Man of Steel on. And it's just, everything just got positioned in a certain way where, you know, whether you're, you know, rushing the gun here, bad scripting there, and I, and then it's just like, what are we doing here, guys? And just, I, I just, I feel they've they've been off the rails for like eight years or eight or nine years. I would have, I would have been okay with Man of Steel as a standalone, and then you just move on to another Superman movie. Um, as much as I hated certain things about it, you know, sure. Pockend. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Ugh. I mean, I'll, I'll even go with, you know, kill Zod, whatever. I mean, never mind the fact that the most famous thing was like, you know, Phantom Zone, where you couldn't figure out a way to work that into the damn story. And more. Anyway, sorry. Um, Phantom Zone! How do you not? He's the one guy famous for being put in the Phantom Zone. How do you not put him in the Phantom Zone? Anyway, Everybody else goes in, but not him. Didn't make any sense. No, no. I mean, he, what? You can't direct it. His, they can't get out of the way. Uh, just, sorry, just oh, the, even the choreography of that moment is ridiculous to me. Anyway, um, but they, I think they backed themselves into a weird corner with the way they kind of put these movies together back to back, and it's a shame because if they'd done things in a in a more organic and nicely building way, like I hate to say it, like the Marvel movies did. You know, from Iron Man and Captain America. I mean, the Hulk movie isn't great, but, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But all, all the ones that led to the first Avenger movies and beyond, why they felt they needed to rush it. And it ended up being done in a really ham-handed way. And no offense to Zack Snyder. Look, it, you can have Zack Snyder in the mix, but you don't give him the keys to the entire kingdom. You use other people. You, you know, yeah. you, you can, you can let him be this, you know, you want to make him be the Superman guy, even though I'm like, well, let me know when he actually makes Clark Kent an actual character because he hasn't been in any of his movies. I mean, it's just, oh, look, Kevin is very handsome in glasses, but he doesn't actually do or say anything that's Clark Kentish. He doesn't make him an identity at all. You know, go watch goddamn Christopher Regan. Anyway, uh, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> I, 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 I am excited with the, the upcoming Superman. You, you mentioned the casting and the fact that. Yes. They were referencing All Star Superman, which is one of my favorite things to read. Right, uh, you know this this century. So, uh, <coughs> so I'm looking forward to that. Although we're, t- we're here to talk Flash, not talk about Superman. Oh, so. it's fine. Well, you know, at, at this point, hey, we, the movie where you have like a hodgepodge of characters at the begin with, and 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 one of the 
issues one could have with this movie is where does it leave us? And the thing we have to remind everyone, oh, it doesn't leave you anywhere because this is... It's it's, it's the end of this thing, yeah. Yeah. E- even though there is still an Aquaman movie coming out, so, t- <laughs> <laughs> so that's still part of all this, too. The one irritating thing that happens, and it's a result of being alongside the Marvel Cinematic Universe, is... So we're not allowed to just appreciate a movie as a movie, standing alone as a movie. We have to be concerned about, but how does it fit into the continuing storylines throughout several movies? And, you know, what, what about, what about canon? What about canon? Oh, shut up. Um, so I don't even know what the storyline, I don't know anything about the new Aquaman movie at all. I mean, I'm assuming Black Manta is going to show up in it again or something. That's probably my only thought that Black Manta would be in it. Which, which I'm fine with. Hey, look, I, yeah. I, I, I like Black Manta. Black Manta's a, a pretty good villain. I thought they actually, while there's a lot of problems with the Aquaman movie, oh boy, um, I did like how they handled it, Black A good Manta. introduction for him. Yes, know. definitely. Um, but it's, so it feels like with, with DC, it's like, okay, now it's just going to be a waiting game until they start restart, until they start the restart. And it sounds like, you know, because first they were saying, oh, it's going to be the Blue Beetle movie. Like, no, it's not really going to be the Blue Beetle movie, though it's still going to be part of it. And it, they just send very confusing messages. So I'm just taking it as everything starts with the Superman movie because that's what they're casting. That's going to be a big thing. And they're moving and they're going to move on from there. And then we'll see how they handle the other characters and, and how they interact. And they can do their own multiverse thing because you'll have another Joker movie. You're going to have the Matt Reeves Batman thing ongoing while you can have a different Batman. People are, they'll be confused. Like, no, I can read two different Batman comics. Why can't I see two different <laughs> Batman movies? That's the thing I've never understood. Um, the Zack Snyder thing, I always make the analogy. It's like all the people get all up in arms about, you know, not doing stuff. It's like, so he's basically, if your favorite writer and or artist was working on your cat, your comic, and now they weren't doing it anymore. Oh, so now I'm never going to read anything that that involves that character anymore, or anything that company does anymore. Because that's kind of what you're saying when when you're talking about a director. I mean, I don't see how that's any different, you know. Yeah. Except they're not spending three hundred million dollars on a comic book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> last I checked. So um, another th- one, one last thing about this movie. Um, as I brought up at the very beginning, is, is there's that really incredibly negative perception that's been fed to the general public, I feel. And it's, a lot of it's been via social media and other sources for over a month. You know, look, although the grade isn't great, I got to point out to folks who have this uh, perception of the movie, it actually still has a 64% fresh rating on Rotten Tomatoes. The critical consensus there is, I, I quoted it here, I put it in my notes, The Flash is funny, fittingly fast-paced, and overall ranks as one of the best DC movies in recent years. The audience score is actually 83%, and this is despite all the hate-filled contingent that does all their review bombing. It still yeah. has a pretty yeah. solid thing. And then the opinion there, again, Rotten Tomatoes quote, The Flash has enough heart, humor, and action. Hey, it's what we were just talking about. Not to mention fun cameos to make up for any drawbacks. Yeah, that's that's kind of our opinion. Pretty much, That's pretty much spot on. Agreed. Yeah, I mean, I, I think that if you go see the movie, you would probably enjoy it. And if you had problems with the movie, you, you could articulate them without hating the movie. I mean, you could, sure, you could hate the movie, but... That oh, yeah, matter. I mean... You know, and, and, you know, and I think that... You know, I can see something with problematic people and say, this guy sucks. 
that movie was fun. <laughs> I can say both things. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I, I, I also think it's funny because when, even when you look at all the other, uh, a lot of the other DC, what do they call it, DCEU films, yeah. it actually scores better than a lot of them, including yeah. Man of Steel, including Batman v Superman, including the the, su- the first Suicide Squad movie. Oh, my God. The even, first Suicide Squad. Oh even Aquaman, it actually, it's, it's one tick below with the critics, but it's actually a higher uh, audience rating. So, whatever. People just hang their hats on box office results. Oh, did it make a billion dollars? Well, who cares? Um, it's what you said. It's it's not as bad as people are saying. I wouldn't even use the word bad. It's flawed, but it's fun. You know what? I probably had more fun when I saw this for the first time than when I watched. Wow, I, I just thought of this. I probably more fun with this than when I saw Dark uh, The Dark Knight Rises, which I think. It's it's the movie I've seen the most times while saying it's very flawed. There's a lot of things I think are dumb in this movie, but yeah, I can't keep. But I can't stop I, watching it. I, I know. I, I enjoyed the movie. I I enjoyed uh, Tom Hardy's Bane, even with the purple. You know, I, 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 I love it, that. Now. And, and the fact that it created like the best satire of that in yes. Harley Quinn. Yes. I mean, Bane is my favorite character Absolutely. On, on Harley Quinn. But but just the whole idea that like, oh, you, we have this thing that's going to blow up in 10 seconds. It's going to wipe out the city. You know, you really, you should start flying right now. Jim, I've got to talk to you about my parents. <laughs> no. I, no. You know, do you mind if I talk to you for a little while before I fly away with the bombs? Like, like get the fuck out of the city. No, it's, but it was better. It's like, no, you, you, had a, you had a bomb that apparently was taking for five months or something. Like, wait, are the cops shaving while they're hiding in the sewer all this time? Because they all come out clean shit. Anyway. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, there, there's, <laughs> lot, there's lots of things that we anyway, can complain anyway, about. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah. I, uh, I didn't mean to. Wow, I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is what happens when I, when I when I don't use a script and I just all of a sudden Dark Knight Rises comes out of my mouth. Look, um, I enjoyed it. Uh, I, I I I liked it a lot. Uh, I'm glad I saw it. I'm glad I got the chance to see it in the theater. Um, I will I will actually, assuming I have the money, I will try to buy it when it comes out, or maybe not. I'll just you know what it'll be on eight. It'll probably be on Max. I'll just keep watching it there. I don't need sure, to buy sure. anything anymore. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but I, 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 go on. I do know that I've convinced my wife and daughter to uh, to want to see the Flash when it comes on the streaming platform. Um, and uh, and I, I've convinced them, <laughs> so I'm looking forward to seeing it a second time. I will say, as 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 we bring, pretty much bringing things to a close, um, especially considering the podcast we and what we talked about last week, I, I'd have to think about this. I can't remember the last time. If there was a time, at least for me personally, where there wasn't just one, but two big potential summer blockbuster movies that had, you know, a lot of, you know, hype or talk or conversation and, you know, they were, they would be normally be considered tentpole kind of movies and they're about, you know, either iconic or featuring iconic characters, whatever, that became such, both of them became such sources of controversy and being kind of really bashed to an extent that seemed really out of proportion to the actual quality of the movie. And, you know, I, look, I love going negative on things. I'm all about 
<laughs> no, no, beating up on. I, I, I'm getting people crapping on me because I, I, for some reason, I, when someone said something laudatory about, uh, and I guess he's an actually well-known writer or critic, or whatever dude, I don't know who he is. Um, he said something about Interstellar recently, and people who know me well know I, I kind of detest Interstellar. And, but he was talking about the the, the Matt Damon character in it or something, and blah blah blah. Sure. And I just my comment was simply. I detest that movie so much. I've completely forgotten that Matt Damon was even in that movie. It kind of. I hope. I hope someday I'm like that about Prometheus, and I forget that All Star cast because I despise that movie as well. And now all these people are coming after me or making comments to me, you know, because oh, you shouldn't have seen stuff because you you don't have to go negative on a positive turn. It's like, no, I was pointing out that I forgot about something. Shut up. It's uh, <laughs> not like I'm saying I just like to go negative, but these two. It just seems weird, like two like that that are, and they're so kind of polarizing too. It, it's very, and, and for very different reasons. The only, I mean, the one thing they share in common is the you know the CGI you know situation. But other than that, uh, I, I mean, I, it feels weird to be on the other side. Of like, I'm sorry, I, I don't get it. I don't, I don't see how anyone can hate the Indiana Jones movie. I think the thing with the Indiana Jones movie is, if you didn't love it, then you think you don't like it. Sure, sure. Because I, I was thinking about this, and I know we're talking about the Flash here, but it's kind of this. I feel this is a bookend to our other podcast. People loved Raiders, especially of a certain age. People, mo- more than not, were at least somewhat disappointed with Temple of Doom. Some loved it, you know, but mostly whatever. Mm-hmm. But Last Crusade kind of restored faith, and then people loved Last Crusade. Some even thought they liked it better than the first one. They're crazy, but whatever. But I get it. <laughs> then all of a sudden, twenty years goes by, we get Kingdom of Crystal. Crystal Skull, bleh. <laughs> you know, yep. but we're like, yep. okay, they never should have bothered. Now this one, I think people wanted to love something again, and because they didn't love it, they treat it like they didn't like it. And I'm like, well, oh, can't you just like it? Can't you? Yeah, just be like, it's good. It's not great. It's not in the league of the first one, or even probably Crusade for that matter. But it's fine. It's good. It's decent. Yeah, there, there's there's certainly a, there is this sense from some people that, that that I I know that to say that well the movie was fine is like is like is like unforgivable sin. The movie should never have been made if it could not be great. Right. It would have been better had it been like horrible because then oh you can hate watch it and whatever. So right. I don't know. It, you know what? Sometimes you can win the game by a point and you have done your job. And right. I, I felt that I felt that this movie in particular was better than fine. It entertained me more than just a mere fine movie would have been. But I, 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 when I walked out of both Indiana Jones and The Flash, I walked out with with a smile on my face. Same. I was pleased, I was pleased yeah. with what I got. Where again, as I said before, and I'll always say, were there issues? Yeah, they weren't perfect movies. There were things that I, I, I think could have been done better. But I could say that about maybe the majority of movies I see, whatever. You know, so yes, it's not a ten. Maybe it's a seven or a seven point five or something on on a scale. I don't know. I don't care. I'm not a I don't work for any newspaper or are there newspapers anymore? Um I mean, you know, to to compare a movie like The Flash to like let's say the last Fantastic Four movie that was made, which was <laughs> so bad. <laughs> anyway, anyway, making movies is hard, and and I think you know we we should remember that sometimes. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I'll even I'll even pause it. It's better. I, I I can I can probably come up with at least five MCU movies. I think The Flash is better than. Oh, did I just? Oh say yeah, five? I I agree. Well, I agree. Well, Iron Man three. <laughs> 
<laughs> you know what? Iron Man 2. <laughs> yeah. Well, that Hulk movie I mentioned before, that's one of them. So that's three. Oh, the, oh, the Dark World, the Thor movie. <sighs> oh, boy. I need a fifth one. Give me a fifth one, dude. <laughs> oh, God, the Eternals. The Eternals. Oh, my God, the Eternals. The Eternals. Oh. Actually, I like the Eternals. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> it, it, you know oh, what? But it goes I on think, forever. <laughs> I, whatever. But, 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 I think, but I think some of my thing is I can I think I like some of the weirder obscure things that Marvel did because I remember the eternal comics and you know and so on. So so I you know so so I'm a bad judge of a good movie or a bad movie. I know why you like it. I know why you like it. It's not just because Rob Stark is uh You've got two Game of Thrones dudes in that movie. And you got a character named Cersei. Yeah, right. Okay, I'll let you. I'll let you have that. But uh, yeah. Meanwhile, no one notices this giant. Anyway, <laughs> you know where I was gonna go. With that. Okay, you know what? We, we should stop podcasting yes. about this. But oh my god, in the comics, that kind of crap happens all the time. Nobody, nobody bothers to talk about. Know. You know, know, the island of whatever going into space and then landing in, in New York. <laughs> I mean, like, why do why do they always land in New York? You know, people should just evacuate New York. Holy cow! You're not wrong. All right, I'll be quiet. By the way, Wakanda forever. Eh, yeah. Well, <laughs> it, 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 it could have been better. It could have been better. Talk about it, but I didn't see the point of. All right. Yeah. Well, they, yeah. they, there's a controversy to end the podcast on. So, hey, guys if, and gals and others, if you like this podcast, you'd probably like hanging out on the Facebook page as well. It's the Serious TV Drama podcast page like the page join the conversation about tv shows and movies hey like the flash either one now you can find us on most podcast platforms but the two i like to focus on you can track us down on apple podcast where you can rate and review us always appreciated and of course you can just go to podbean.com you know look for the serious tv drama podcast and you can access all 300 and good lord 385 of our episodes there's been i'd say about 20 to 30 really good ones and the rest meh. uh follow <laughs> us on instagram serious tv drama as one word follow us on twitter eh, whatever um <laughs> what's our what is our handle there i forget oh of course it's at stvd podcast that's stvd as in serious tv drama so once again pat i have to thank you for accommodating me two weeks in a row and, and recording with me um again your voice is having a breath of fresh air or at least gives people a break <laughs> from my you know ratchety tones here well i i appreciate that scott thank you thank you for asking me to come back within a week to talk about a movie i would not have seen the flash probably in the theater had you not asked me uh to podcast about it now i mean I wasn't trying to avoid it. It just wasn't going to be a convenient thing. So, so I want to thank you. Give me a chance to treat myself to go see a movie. Hey, you know, I, I just started. I just, I just kicked off a binge of Mission Impossible movies before I see that. And never mind. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but I, I am actually going to watch. Although I, I just made the decision earlier this. I, Less than two hours before this podcast, so I actually had to stop it before I was finished. I'm gonna, I was going to watch all the Mission Impossible movies and then go see the new one, uh, just so I could. I don't really think I need to do a podcast about it. Anyway, I'm going to do a deep dive here and pull a quote from the TV series. The TV series that you know, as I said, you know, kind of crappy, but you know, still should have been referenced in the movie. And how I'll end it is this: You can't let the threat of losing tomorrow keep you from making the most of today. Check it out. Words of wisdom, right, Pat? Right on. (laughs) Have a good night, everybody. Mm